We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I am Steve Perhatch, joined again by Dusty Evely. Dusty, my man, what is going on? You know, a little bit too much, man, but it's uh, it's good to be here talking to you, man. It, it was, it was a, <laughs> not the prettiest game, but hey, we're talking after a Packers win, so life life is good right now. Well, that's good. I, I apologize to everybody in advance if you hear sniffling, if you hear some coughs. Uh, you know, I'm sick. My kid is sick. I've been puked on a little bit, but you know what? <laughs> we pers- we 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 move on. We endure. And, professional, uh, Steve. We're exactly, professionals. You know, just because I smell like vomit doesn't mean that we don't get to talk about the Packers. <laughs> Amen. And that's exactly. the mo- motto of this show, Steve. That's right. So here we go. We are going into the bye week. The Packers are officially three, two, and one, tied for second place with the Vikings. They're coming fresh off of. A heart attack victory over the 49ers, 33-30. to 30. There's a lot to take away. There's some positives. There's some negatives. Where where did you stand on th- with this game? Oh, man, where I stood was it was one of those where I just, as it went on, I just felt sick. It was like, we're going to we, – they start off, man, looking so good. You hit that big play to MVS that looks like Jones scores on the next play, and he doesn't, but they end up punching it in with that uh, nice little, like, diamond formation to the left that I think ended up being a lateral to Montgomery – it's like, man, they're looking good. They're hitting big plays. Rodgers is moving better. Uh, it's the Niners. Like, it went up. It was good. Niners turned the ball over. Like, we're feeling good. 
as it went on and it looked for all the world like the Packers were going to lose, I felt terrible. So then by the end of the game, it was a, we won. This was exciting. Oh, man, what a win, what a win. And then you wake up the next morning, it's, yeah, but it was the Niners and it should have beat them by like 20 or something. So I'm feeling better than if they had lost. Still not feeling great. Still not feeling great. Yeah, it's almost like that that weird like gut punch. You kind of that you you have some euphoria after you survive the gut punch. You're like, okay, now we we win this game, we're moving on, and then all of a sudden you have some time to reflect, and you sit there and go, wait, what what just happened? To you be know, fair, I'd rather have that cut gut punch game in a game that the Packers win. This is, I mean, like this at is, least get you you at least got the win out of it. So that's <laughs> very very true, and that's. Uh, it had me thinking about, you know, what the Packers are are like right now. Like, what is their team like? And stick with me here, but yeah. have you seen the Shawshank Redemption, correct? Correct. Okay. Just wanted to double check. Uh, <laughs> if you have not seen Shawshank, go out and see it right now. It's a great, like, three-hour movie, but oh, my God. Amazing. Go check it out. But the Packers are kind of like Andy Dufresne. It's now the bye week, so they've climbed through a mile full of you know what? <laughs> and they came out cl- somewhat clean on the other side. Like this could have gone worse. They could have right now. They could be sitting at like two or three and one. They could be sitting at one, four and one, mm-hmm. the way things went. I mean, all things considered, they haven't played well. They, ha- they haven't put together an entire game, let alone three quarters, four. They haven't put together an entire game. And yet somehow they're sitting at three, two and one, just, under the Bears, and the Bears are going up against the Patriots. Mm-hmm. We've got the bye week. I mean, it's hard to say, but this it, it could have been a lot worse. They've kind of come out of there smelling like roses, sitting at the bye week. So they had a, they got a little bit of stench on them, but you can also look and see them, like, making a boat on the beach. Is that what you're telling me, Steve? Exactly. A little this bit, is... you know, Z Watanejo. They got, uh, you know, blue skies, sandy beaches. <laughs> couple of Coronas in a bucket. I mean, you know, they could be doing pretty good. That's, you know, I, I didn't know where you're going with that analogy. I kind of like it. I kinda, yeah, I mean, that's that's been the big thing, right? Is I mean, we've always said, you know, it's going to be Packers and Vikings probably coming down to the end. They're going to be close. Uh, you know, Vikings have turned on a bit lately, but it's not like they've been world beaters through the first stretch either. So, I mean, to sit there, I mean, and the Bears, man, for all the talk of the Bears, the Bears just lost to Brock Eisweiler. Um So... Yeah, it's it like I say. It could be it could be way worse. Could be four games out of the division at this point, and you're just you're right there. So, and it's it's actually nice to see the Bears getting some crap calls as well on them because <laughs> there was a, there was some brutality down in Miami. The things they were getting called for roughing, like I think somebody touched uh, Brock Osweiler's helmet with their finger, and they got called with a roughing the passer. You know. You gotta you gotta protect your money man at all costs. Okay. And that's Brock Osweiler. You know, you gotta make sure he's protected. Steve. Big money Brock, I like that's it. Big... <laughs> uh so I, something else we wanted to talk about uh with you was if you've seen the scoring differential, I don't know if you've seen these stats, but yeah. uh the first through the third quarter the Packers are minus ninety one and in the fourth quarter they're plus one oh five. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just sit here and I have to ask What's going on? Like, why is it that all of a sudden in the fourth quarter they can play offense again? Is it because they're always so far behind that people are in cover two and just playing prevent? Or what is going on? Why is there such a differential between these these quarters? I mean, they're you know they're catching up. 
they are catching up, so they're throwing more. Although they've been down early, you know, as you said, and so they've been throwing more than normal this year anyway. I, it's, um, you know, Rodgers, I feel like, has, has attempted at least 35 throws in each of his games, uh, over 40 in, in, in more than one so far. We're only six games in. Like, that's kind of unheard of, uh, especially with the running back group the way it is. So, I mean, they, they are throwing from early on, but, I mean, they're going no huddle. I mean, I'm looking at just for this past game, uh, pass attempts by quarter from this past game. They had 9, 11, 6, and then you go to the fourth quarter, 19 pass attempts in the fourth quarter. Now, you know, they had quite a few drives that went, but they're also going no huddle. He's maybe uh, – Rodgers is going a little quicker. He's, he's looking for that shot, but if it's not there, he's checking out a little off, a little more – Often, so they're. I mean, they're moving down the field a little better. I mean, it's, you know, it's. There's a number of reasons why you can't do it all game, but man, this team always just seems like it plays way, way, way better when when they just have to go no huddle. You know, they they get the package they want. I've said it from the start. This team has pieces. They've got the pieces to be lethal in no huddle. You can you can legitimately go power run or spread offense with with the guys they have on this team. And so you get that. You get your mismatch, and then you just you just run the other guys off the floor. I don't know why we're not seeing it more often, but that's in the fourth quarter. They go up tempo, they get their mismatches, they're dinking and dunking, they're stretching when they need to. Like it's the fourth quarter is the Packers as I think as I know the Packers can play all the time. They just they just don't. I don't know I don't know why it is. Like they're just they're trying to mix it up a little more. Rodgers just hasn't looked quite himself, but it seems like when he's forced to just let go of the ball, he's forced to just lead that team down. They turn it on and they do it. I mean, just this year alone, man, like <laughs> that first quarter, and I mean, this it looks better after this past game. They're being outscored 56 to 30 in the first quarter. The third quarter, third quarter so far this year, they're outscoring teams 33 to 6. So, I mean, they're making a comeback in that third quarter. It's just dumb that they have to. Like, I just, I really want to see more up tempo from this team because it seems like they click a little better when they do that. Yeah. For me, what I don't understand is why don't they just start. In the quick, in the yeah. uh, no huddle, like it doesn't make sense to me. And I know, I, I know in my head why they don't do it is because then Mike McCarthy looks like a dumb head coach who isn't calling the plays, and Aaron Rodgers is calling the plays, and then the national media is going to get a hold of that. And I understand, but man, I mean, when you let Rodgers run the show like he can, it just clicks, and I feel like then you can open it up to more of the things that McCarthy wants yeah. to do, and instead of trying to force McCarthy's offense right away. If you reverse, just reverse that. And I think it's going to, it would open things up so much more. Yeah. And I haven't looked at, at what they've done. No huddle so far this year. It just, it doesn't seem like they're doing it much, but when they do that too, you get the Rogers catching a guy with, you know, 12 men on. You've had a few times this year where they kind of, they haven't really gone like, you know, you think no huddle, you think run up to the line and snap it, but you've done like this kind of get up to the line and then do a sugar huddle. You kind of get guys in their positions kind of turning and Rodgers going around. So you still get that, and McCarthy is still calling in the plays, but you're still playing to your offensive strength. You're still uh, – you still got the mismatches you want because they can't substitute because you could snap it at any time. Like I think that's the thing. People, you hear no huddle, and it's, it's – well, they're go, go, go. Well, they're not really. Like you're getting up to the line – but you can still take your time. You can still run that play clock within five. McCarthy still gets the play in. Like it just, they just seem like a different team than they, when they do that. But they're only doing that in the fourth quarter now. And speaking of McCarthy and Rogers' relationship, I don't know if you've seen this, but like the whole big TMZ kind of thing, you know, all the, the <laughs> yeah. story, like the pop stories and all that kind of crap that goes down. But the the things that aren't about football is apparently Rogers during timeouts 
is not going over and talking to Mike McCarthy. I must ask Dusty, what is going on? I'm sick, Steve. Positively sick. I don't I f- know what's happening. The relationship is crumbling. <laughs> I found out about it five minutes before we started recording, and I'm, I'm just just beside myself, Steve. Just how could he do this? How could McCarthy do this to Rogers, or vice versa? I am just. I'm very upset. I'm very upset. This it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, right, Steve? It doesn't no, really matter. No, it doesn't it does not matter. It is nothing <laughs> to be worried about. If the Packers were six and zero, nobody would care. This would be a positive thing about how Aaron Rodgers is in complete control of this offense so much so that he doesn't need to go talk to Mike McCarthy. So, <laughs> well, we, one other thing we know about Rodgers too, uh, and he's already shown it this year. He's he doesn't really hold back if he's frustrated about something. If he was frustrated with like, yeah, I'm not going over timeouts because I don't want to talk to like, I feel like he would make some like veiled snarky reference to it. <laughs> the fact that he hasn't tells me like it it's a non issue. It does it doesn't matter even a little bit. Even if it does, like I don't know who cares. <laughs> yeah, I just, it just makes me laugh because the things that the that the Twitterverse can turn into a story that's not a story sometimes amazes me. And the fact that Rogers doesn't walk over and talk during timeouts to his coach. Well, kind of makes me. Laugh. I want to see it track, Steve, because honestly, I do. You pay attention to other teams. I watch other teams. I've never paid attention, and if a quarterback goes over to his coach every single timeout, I assume this happens league wide. I have no way of knowing. I assume that all teams kind of do this to some extent, but no yeah. one really notices because, like, who cares? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I. It, I don't think it's that big of a deal if he doesn't walk over and talk to the head coach during a timeout. Yeah. 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 Not even a little. Uh, something i want to get back to you were talking about um exploiting matchups yeah so you would like to go through and you look at every offensive passing play per week uh one thing i kind of noticed you know Devontae adams having his having another big game like he's having a huge year Mm -hmm. he looked like he was uh having some some good matchups can you tell me a little bit more about uh what he's been doing coming out of the slot yeah, man. So they've been, uh, I think the past four games, I've really uh, really been paying attention to over the past couple. Um, I need to give a shout out. I'm blanking on what his handle is. His name is Fred Han. There he is. It's Han Solo, H-A-U-N Solo 02 on, at Twitter. Oh, by the way, um, awesome, awesome Twitter handle. Dude. It's an awesome Twitter handle. I'm a big, big fan. He, um, he this year has started charting um, Packers plays, and then he's been gracious enough to give them to me. So uh, that's been awesome. So I actually now have like these stats at my fingertips. So yeah, I've been noticing like basically since Cobb and Allison went out, and you now have the young guys. You've got you know uh, we saw more a little this past week, but it's really just been you know St. Brown and uh, Valdez Scantling out there. They've been messing around with uh, with Adams. Adams has always been the outside guy, just based on who they have. He's always been the outside guy. They've been messing around with him a little more. So over the past two games, he's spent, like in Detroit, he's spent about 24% of his snaps in the slot. Um, in San Francisco, about 20%. Now, like the very first game of the season, I think he spent a total of three snaps in the slot. So he's getting more time there, you know, a little less this past week. He's done done well there. I mean, this past week, not, uh, not huge numbers. He was, uh, when, when lined up in the slot and throwing his direction, Rogers was two for four for 47 yards and a touchdown. Um, including like, but there was other parts he, like he could have had, uh, there, there was a red zone one. I was actually just looking at, um, that he was open and Rogers just didn't have time to look there because 
McCarthy decided to call the 50th naked bootleg and the Niners were right there to sniff it out. Um, but if he had time in the pocket, he, he works back over to Adams. Adams was wide open. Like you put him in the slot, that dude is nasty. So he was doing stuff against the Niners. His numbers weren't big because that pass rush was hitting home. Against Detroit was the first time I really noticed him going big. Uh, he, I think he lined up, to, it was 24% of his snaps. So it was, uh, you know, 13, 14 snaps, something like that, I believe. I might be wrong on that. Because uh, he played less snaps in Detroit. Uh, he was targeted seven times, caught six passes for 93 yards and a touchdown. Like, basically, it was just money. Because we put him in the slot, like, you can't funnel that guy. I mean, we, we've seen this guy. You know, this was a guy that everyone wanted kind of cut after year two. And he still has questionable hands, but, like, his feet are just preposterous. And if you can if you can funnel him to the sideline, if he's your outside guy, you can kind of funnel him to the sideline every now and then. In the slot, you can't do that. So if you can get those matchups, if you've got your guys on the outside – the Packers are starting to do that a little bit more. Again, like over 20% the past two or three weeks. He's just – just watch him. Next time he's in the slot, he gets a clean release every time. The guy can't get his hands on him, and he can go any direction. Like he's just giving those guys the absolute blues. It's been amazing to watch. It's been – and it's just been something since uh, since Cobb and Allison went down. So it's been, a, it's been an awesome, awesome adjustment, I'd say, by McCarthy and Philbin to kind of do that. And Adams has done amazing work there. Yeah, I think I remember. I mean, he was just abusing Darius Slay in the oh uh, the Lions game out of the slot. So that I mean, anytime you get a chance to watch any of these guys who cut up the uh, the highlights and the gifts and put them out there, man, you just see his footwork, and it is amazing to see what he can do and how he manipulates cornerbacks with just his feet. Yeah, he had one this past week where it was just yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's this little like you know one two three step juke step to the inside, and a guy tries to jam him. And Adams cuts so quickly to the outside that he can't even touch Adams' inside shoulder. Like, just, it's like trying to catch a ghost out of the slot. It's amazing. All right, something else I kind of noticed. Red zone efficiency. We've seen the Packers on an uptick, but still not near where they've been in the past. What have you seen from the Packers in the red zone? Yeah, I mean, past past three games, they're around 61% uh, scoring touchdowns, 61% of their trips to the red zone. Um which is about where they were all of last year. So last year they're actually scoring around 62%, which was fourth in the league. This year so far, even with the uptick over the past three weeks, and this past week they were at 50%. Um, they're at 50% on the year, which is 21st in the league. So they went from fourth to 21st, which feels right. Like they just they just don't seem like they're clicking, which is preposterous because Adams for the past couple of years has been one of the best red zone receivers and uh, in the league, like I think, I think leads the league in red zone touchdowns over the past two or three seasons, and right up there also is Jimmy Graham, and you've got Rogers. Who um, we had Justice Mosqueda on uh, about a couple months ago. Me and uh, me and Andy were talking to him, and one of the things he was talking about was how Rogers' numbers over the past three years have been somewhat average between basically until you get to the red zone, and once you got to the red zone, he was just the best quarterback in the league by a wide margin because of kind of the space he can create, his quick delivery, um, his mobility. Uh, just is, is communication with the receivers. And we just haven't seen that this year. And some of that, I think the offensive line has struggled a bit. Uh, so you're losing. So, you know, you're getting some of that pressure and you maybe can't work through quite as well as he has. Uh, and I think he's just, some of it's just not comfortable enough with Jimmy Graham yet. I mean, Jimmy Graham is a guy who you thought he's going to come in and he's going to catch, you know, maybe he's going to catch 30 balls on the year, but like 12 of those are going to be touchdowns. And he hasn't looked his way too much in the red zone. And they also seem like they're not running as much in the red zone as they had been. So it's just, I don't know, like, he also seems the big thing I've kind of noticed, especially from this past week, he seems like he's very quick to pull the trigger in the red zone. Like he'll look, he likes a favorable matchup and he'll chuck it. 
but it kind of, even if there's not pressure in his face, it's exactly what he'll do, which in the red zone, you kind of do have to do that. But there's other places, if he waits half a beat, there's another guy you'll just see flash open. So I don't know if it's a, there's so much about Rodgers this year, man. Like, I don't know if it's a, uh, uh, not quite a feel for the game yet because of a lack of practice that he still is easing into that a little bit or what he just he doesn't he doesn't seem as confident as he normally does he seems like he's more concerned with getting the ball out of sand quickly in the red zone based on a single matchup that he likes rather than like waiting a beat to see how anything else shakes out and another thing that is not going to surprise anyone is like a total lack of motion in the red zone like I've never quite understood that I know what Rogers doesn't necessarily love motion McCarthy doesn't necessarily love motion it can give you so much and indicates so much on what the defense is giving you. If you send a guy in motion, I, that's one of the things I've kind of, I've kind of found a lot about that. I don't love about this offense so far this year. The schemes are fine. The passing schemes I like pretty well. There's a total lack of window dressing, like a total lack of pre-snap window dressing. It's not a whole lot of trying to deceive someone before the snap or get them to look one way and hit them back the other way. It's just, you snap the ball and you like your schemes, but you're not doing anything to even kind of soup those up a little more. And something like that in the red zone. I mean, you, you run like a fake jet sweep with uh, with MVS in the red zone, and you hit back the other way. I mean, you're just, you're getting guys leaning. I I haven't seen enough of that. I'd like to see a little more of that. But really, I think I think it's one of those things that after the buy is going to even out a bit. Hopefully, just because it's Rogers. I think I just still think he's not quite there yet with the knee and and just mentally from whatever from you know not not playing in practice and never playing in preseason i think he's not quite up to the rogers we're, we're used to but i hope after the bye week we're going to see that yeah i mean i think that's one thing we've for the most part seen from mccarthy coming out of a bye they normally have a really really good game plan so i mean they're going up against the rams which is huge yeah. and you, you've got to hope that this is this is coming but i mean this schedule, they they just went through the easy part of their schedule. They've already had four home games. Yeah, um, they're going into the Rams, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Vikings, and Seahawks as well, I believe. Yeah, in the next five. So I mean, yeah. they're going up against it. So honestly, I, I think to end end this podcast, let's uh, let's both give out our our hot take, whatever it is, but. Honestly, like no homerisms, no nothing. What do you think of this Packer team? I think they have got a lot of talent. I think we've seen that on the defensive side of the ball. Um, you know, the funny thing is they look terrible. And in that fourth quarter, they locked down, which they should do because it's, it's C.J. Beathard. But the run defense concerns me, even with the um, – you know, even if even if the the pass defense keeps doing what it's doing, even that locks down a little bit more. The run defense, which I thought was going to be a strength, is very very concerning. Watching the Niners just carve them up, it's that was concerning, and that's not going to stop. Again, going up against the Rams, man, going up against the Rams and the Patriots, both teams who can just just pound you if they want to. If that's not shored up, and they go over to these next game, these next two games, especially with the Vikings seeming like they're turning it around, I. I don't know. I I don't want to say anything tough to the Rams game. I don't think. But if they if they come out of the bye week and get the doors blown off of them by the Rams, which is a very distinct possibility based on how the Packers have looked so far and how the Rams have looked so far, I they're not making the playoffs. I just I do not feel. I hate saying that. <laughs> I just I don't feel good about them. Now it could be they go into that bye week, they figure out a whole bunch of stuff, they come out firing against the Rams, and we saw that. 
Yeah. What was that a couple of years ago when they started off slow and that was uh, they went into Philly and Philly had the number one pass defense in the league and Rodgers just absolutely torched them. I think that was uh, – was that I can't remember if that was relax or run the table. I think that was relax. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, know I don't well, hopefully, we'll get another. We'll get another one of those pretty soon here. He's uh, got sure. the bye week to think about it. Yeah, to, he'll come to... up with something creative. I'm sure. <laughs> sure, hope so. But yeah. yeah, I mean, they they seem to me like they if they come out and surprise us against the Rams, to me, like in my mind, Super Bowl contender. Like if they if they can turn around and do that, even if it's a close loss, like it'd be like okay, that's like it's the Rams. It's away. It's fine. Depends on how they look. If they keep looking like they're looking, they're not making the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, if they start off like they did against the 49ers, there's no way they're going to be being able to come back against the Rams like that. I don't the, – the Rams' defense is too good to be able to make that kind of play. My biggest concerns um, with everything, number one, is special teams. I mean, yeah. when's the last time they had a special teams play that wasn't called back with a hold or a block in the back? It's just – I mean, you don't, don't even – I don't even look at their special teams play. It's like, oh, he's running for 47 yards. No, nah, that's coming back. That's got to come back. <laughs> Somebody did something because that ain't right. That ain't right that they can be doing that. So that's number one. Number two is their consistency. The fact that they can't play a full game yet after seven, like it's yeah. it's infuriating the fact that it's back and forth and awesome, horrible, awesome, horrible. Like I want to see them put together a whole game. And hopefully this bye week is where they come away with a new sense of urgency for an entire game as opposed to just the fourth quarter and the third quarter. But right now I'm just thinking it, I don't see this huge turnaround because the defense isn't playing great, the offense isn't playing great, and they can't put it all together all at once. So until they can prove me wrong, like it's just a team that it, the only reason they are where they are is because of Rodgers. Yeah. Well, and then even then, like they're – well, I, that's the thing. This year, I don't even know if they are where they are because of Rodgers. I mean, they they won that game. They won this game against the Niners because of that, that drive that Rodgers led them on, that preposterous drive. Rodgers had two other drives in that fourth quarter that just ended up stalling out. The defense ended up holding the Niners a three and out. Like, the defense has, has stepped up at times when it needs to. Even that Vikings game uh, was a block punt touchdown, right? And the defense was yep. looking good, and then they had the roughing the passer. Like, Rodgers has just been – he's been – like, if you look at his numbers, he's been good. Like, his numbers are good. Yeah, he's a you fantasy know. stud right now, but he's not uh... – yeah, he's still he's still just, even like that last like I think the second to last drive in the fourth quarter, like he missed he missed Devontae Adams on a eight eight yard comeback route. Like that does that not used to that happening. That's not that's not Rogers. Like he's still just not there. So they're winning in part because of him, but that defense is also locked down when it needs to at times as well. So I mean it's 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 tough to say for the first time. It's not like you're not looking and saying this is solely Rogers doing this has been, I mean, yeah. the defense is clamped down at times too, which is good because you got that promise, but it's still just like you said, they can't, they can't play well at the same time. Yeah. I mean, if they ever could put it all together at once, that's a scary team. Yeah. They, they are very talented, but until they prove that they can do that, it's just a team that's holding it together by the, uh, by the tail ends there. So Unfortunately, I'm not sure that it's going to happen this year, but fingers crossed, as a, I'm sure as a Packer fan for you as well, is something yeah. that we both desperately want to happen. I'm Correct. Just, so, let, let, you know, let's fingers crossed. They'll figure it all out during the bye week, and they'll uh, they'll start a big run here and kind of just take the NFC North and go from there. 
Sounds great, Steve. Let's just uh, write the letter and tell them to do that. And we'll, I know, we'll exactly. Sure I, mean, it's that I can do this in men. Why can't they do this in real life? <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. It's a good point. It's a good point. All right, Dusty, thank you very much. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We will uh, talk to you in about two weeks. We'll be back from the bye, and we'll be hopefully talking about some Packer victories. Yes, sir. All right, thanks for listening to the Pack-A-Day podcast. For Dusty, I'm Steve. Six seconds to go. Ball just outside of the four. Roger shotgun looks to his right. Snap to A-Rod. Throws right side. Yes! Touchdown! And a dagger! The dagger to Andrew Paulus on the right side! Aaron pointing to the right now. Gets the snap. Looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Leaping right yes! to Adams. Yes! Touchdown Green Bay! A spectacular throw and catch to the left side of the end zone! Rodgers from the 42 New York. Fourth down and two. Snap to A-Rod. Looking downfield. Scrambles right. Now winds up. Rainbows into the end zone. It is Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.